A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. We're seeing more and more big-name companies set goals to reduce their carbon footprint. And to meet those goals, they're turning to agriculture. I'm talking to Dan Peerless, who leads sustainable sourcing at Nestle. Nestle has a goal to be net zero carbon by 2050. Dan, how did Nestle come to that goal, and how do you get there? Well, I mean, the goal aligns with what is pretty commonly accepted that needs to be achieved industry-wide, globally, you know, across all countries to mitigate climate change. So to keep the temperature change below 1.5 degrees uh, Celsius increase. In order to play its part, Nestle, which does have a large carbon footprint, you know, aligned its, its, its 2050 goal with that. The process for doing so started with a benchmarking. So did a full global assessment of its carbon footprint, total carbon footprint, scope one, two, and three. So Nestle facilities, the services and, you know, energy inputs that we buy to go in those facilities, that's scope one and two, and then our ingredients, the agricultural products that turn into Nestle branded products. So that's scope three. And most of that comes from the farm. So that gave us really good insights into where we had to target our activities. Now we're working across the footprint. So there are people within Nestle working on packaging, how to use less plastic, how to use less paper, make it more recyclable, how to use renewable energy within the plants, how to move the transportation fleets to, you know, electric vehicles. But the the bulk of our investment is that 72% almost that of our footprint that comes from ingredients, from farming mostly. And why it matters for Wisconsin is that you're one of the largest dairy buyers in the world, and that's where you're starting to target net zero. Yeah, um, it's certainly the biggest target. So depending on the year, Nestle quite often is the, the biggest dairy buyer in the world. More than a third of our total footprint comes from dairy ingredients. So either milk itself or, you know, powders, cheeses, things like that. And in the dairy value chain, regardless of where you are in the world, the vast majority of the carbon is generated before the milk leaves the farm. So the cows themselves, enteric methane, manure management, and feed production are generally the three biggest buckets of carbon emissions that we look to tackle. So uh, we're investing in direct farm interventions. We're asking our suppliers uh, and our supply chain to participate to, to find opportunities for reduction. But what we've done that sort of sets us apart from some of the other companies out there is it's less of a demand and more of a partnership that we're looking to pay to, to cost share, certainly. Depending on the proposals we get, it's you know, half or more of the, the cost of implementing these projects, whatever they are. And we let the the farmers and the suppliers choose. So they come to us with their proposals, whatever works best for them. We don't want to mandate that they have to do cover cropping if that isn't really going to work in their region or if the farmer's already doing it, if they want to put in a digester, if they want to try something else. We are open to all activities. We call them interventions, greenhouse gas interventions. And, and right now, you know, in order to sort of kick things off, we're looking to pay for it. As long as you guys can claim the carbon, 
You've got $3.2 billion set aside to spend on this until it runs out, and most of that is going to dairy projects, but you source a lot of other ingredients too. Coffee, cocoa, seafood, meats, uh, poultry, eggs, soy, palm oil, spices, vegetables. And so uh, we do have to, you know, in order to reach net zero, we have to reach net zero across all of the ingredients that we procure. Now, is it justified to spend that $3.2 billion? Because you're calling it an investment, but what are you getting out of it besides lowering your carbon footprint? That's exactly what we get out of it. It, it also, I mean, in the long term, these industries that produce our, our ingredients are going to have to expand the practices that we're learning right now. So these, this is an investment, and we do bank the carbon against our footprint, and we, re, you know, we, we do claim that, that carbon benefit. But in the grand scheme of things, it's also very much like a pilot project uh, or a proof of concept. We're showing that these things can work. We're um, giving farms and supply chains the opportunity to uh, explore the economic implications. How much do these cost? If we can scale them, will they cost less? Um, how much of the burden can be placed on, economic burden, can be placed on different parts of the supply chain? Does it all have to come from the top, the consumer or the, or the CPG companies, or is it distributed through processing, transportation, some of it you know, down on the farm level itself? These are all things that are, we're, we're learning and really hoping that the, the industries that we work with, including dairy, will, will pay close attention and learn the lessons so that when this 3.2 billion runs out, I don't know what's next. We might renew it, or uh, we might have a different model uh, based upon you know everything that you know th- these few years will will show us. I want to talk more about the carbon credits. It's a newer term we're hearing in the state. Companies are paying farms to reduce carbon and then claiming those credits as their own. And this is something Nestle is doing. Yeah, I mean, sequestering carbon is usually what you say, like if it's uh, in the soil. So if you increase your, your soil carbon content, that'd be sequestering. You can also just reduce it. So if you have a manure pit that emits methane and you cover it, you cap it and flare it, or you move to a digester or something like that, then you're reducing the actual emissions of dairy. So either one can be turned into a credit. So you, you generally the process there is a, a third party company or consultant or nonprofit or there's a wide variety will come in and assess your practice and quantify how much carbon that's reduced compared to what it used to be. And then those credits can go on a marketplace. Uh, where a company or an, uh, an activity that needs to reduce its carbon footprint and say, say you're Microsoft or Boeing, and it's really hard to reduce your carbon footprint if you're in technology or transportation, they might look to agriculture as a solution to do that. The challenge is, is that under a lot of governance mechanisms, you know, the rules, if you sell your carbon from a farm to Microsoft, then Microsoft owns that. As far as it looks on paper, you haven't reduced your carbon at all. So the milk that you produced is just, emits just as much carbon as it did before you started the activity. You do get the money from Microsoft, but your, your milk is not considered any lower carbon than it had been in the past. So Nestle doesn't buy offsets because in essence, we're an agriculture company. 
we, you know, we could not exist without farmers uh, because agriculture is such a huge potential solution source of carbon reductions. We work within our own supply chain to reduce that. So that's why we right now are funding projects like we could cost share this, you know, digester instead of having the farmer foot the bill for the digester and then Nestle buying the carbon the credits on the you know on the other when they're generated and competing with Microsoft and Boeing. We look for the opportunity to, um, to, you know, to fund it in the capital phase. Yeah, and then with that carbon credit strategy, you can even go in the negative, right? If carbon is captured in the soil, and that way you can offset maybe the things you can't control, like transportation or exporting. Absolutely. That, that's one of the huge areas of potential for agriculture, is that it involves land. And land can be a carbon sink. It can pull more carbon out of the atmosphere than, in theory, you got to do it right, but you can pull more carbon out of the atmosphere than the other activities emit. So if you're able to reduce your manure methane emissions uh, through various activities and you just have a little bit left and you reduce fertilizer use and, and other things and you get you know all of your emissions down to a pretty low level and then you start storing a lot of carbon in your land you can go negative it's not easy um, but it's a it's definitely a worthwhile activity and so that is where I think the the credits could really come in you can get to a point where you can produce zero carbon milk and still sequester carbon to sell as a credit. So you can get your own farm or your own supply chain down to zero and still have uh, you know, an income stream uh, from, from selling carbon. It's gonna be a while. It's gonna take a lot of testing and practice and, and some investment, but it's, it's possible. And Nestle is on the forefront of this as you pursue that net zero by 2050 goal. How far along are you? Are you tracking? I mean, what can you tell us as far as a status report? That is way above me right now. So this, you know, Nestle reports in aggregate. Uh, so that's, you know, all of its activities reported and reductions reported against its entire footprint. You know, I engage farmers and, and suppliers and, you know, co-ops in these um, projects. And, you know, we fund and we, we learn the amount of carbon that we can reduce. And we sort of batch that, uh, aggregate it and send it up. Um, and that gets combined with all of the other activities. Like I said, we, we source cocoa and meat and, and all sorts of other things. We only announced our uh, net zero commitment December 6th of last year. Uh, you know, we have interim targets um, and... Uh, I think the next big one is, is 25. I think we're aiming for 20% reduction by 2025. All right. Well, we'll look forward to see how far Nestle has come when 2025 rolls around. Again, that was Dan Peerless, who leads sustainable sourcing at Nestle. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.